What's up? I hope you're having a great day. It is I, Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidts. Have a great podcast planned for you today. This is the first podcast I've done since Kevin Durant requested his trade out of Brooklyn. So we're going to cover that. And we're talking college football expansion. Cannot wait to get into it. It's going to be a great show. Hope you enjoy it. But first, Double B, Bruce Buffer. Thank you, Bruce. Kevin Durant has just made this summer 2022 free agency so much more interesting. I'm kind of thankful for it. It gives me just more, just an excuse to talk more basketball with you guys, right? So let's get into it. Kevin Durant finally, finally realizing the mistake that he made of moving to Brooklyn, as I talked about, I guess about a week ago now. Kevin Durant should should still look to move, even though Kyrie opted into the deal. And look, he's a smart guy. He listens to the podcast, obviously. And he said, you know what, Jonathan, you're right. I do need to get out of here because this is just a dumpster fire, right? So Kevin Durant finally realizing the mistake of moving out, out of, of moving to Brooklyn, excuse me. You know, he finally realizes the mistake of teaming up with Kyrie. Look, I know what he said about still wanting to play with Kyrie, but come on, guys. Kevin Durant, he's not stupid. He knows that's not happening unless he gets sent to L.A., which everyone knows that that's, there's no way that that happens. And I think that when I've listened to the coverage of this so far, there's a lot of people focusing on Kevin Durant's mistake of choosing to play with Kyrie, which is true. He chose just an unreliable teammate, to say the least. Okay, but I don't think people are focusing enough on his mistake of choosing choosing to go play in Brooklyn. Okay, to go play for an organization that's kind of meh. To go play for an, for an organization that's never won anything. And I understand that maybe that was part of the draw. Like, hey, like I'm going to be the first guy to bring a championship to Brooklyn. And like, sure, like he may have done that, but I just, I think that when we look at history in in all sports, we have this idea that great players win championships, which is true to a certain extent, but that's not the entire case. Great organizations win championships, right? Like there's a reason why the Charlotte Hornets are bad every single year, okay? Like there's a reason why there's 11 NBA teams who have never won an NBA title. And when you look at the list, I mean, it's a bunch of teams that are never very good, right? And so looking at just the whole history of sports, I mean, like, let's 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 look at all the dynasties, right? Because dynasties are where great organizations and great players meet and stay connected for a long time, right? Tom Brady, great quarterback. And the Patriots, great organization. Six Super Bowls. Michael Jordan and the Bulls, six championships, okay? I get players didn't like Krause, but he did a great job running that team. Tim Duncan and the Spurs, five championships, Spurs are extremely well-ran. Nobody does not denies that. Tim Duncan is a top-ten player of all time. They came together. Boom. Tons of success. Joe Montana and the 49ers, four Super Bowls. 49ers, still very well-ran. Joe Montana, probably the second greatest quarterback ever behind Tom Brady. You see my point. And I say all that to say this. If I'm Kevin Durant, I would not want to be in Phoenix. Okay, do we remember why he didn't want to go play for the Knicks? It's because the owner's terrible. And if he goes to Phoenix, the same they have the exact same problem there. The owner's almost as bad as, as the guy in New York, right? And every organization starts at the top. So Kevin Durant, do yourself a favor and do not go to Phoenix, okay? If, if I was Kevin Durant, these are the places that I personally would want to go, okay? Golden State, extremely well ran. 
there's reported interest from Golden State, but I don't think that they're willing to mortgage the future in order to win now, especially when they just prove that they don't need Kevin Durant right now. And, you know, guys like Wiseman and Moody and Kaminga, they're all going to get better kind of as Curry and Thompson and Green age out. So they don't need him. They're, they're not willing to, to sacrifice their future for him. But, you know, if I was Kevin Durant, I would love to go back to Golden State. Golly, wouldn't that be great? Milwaukee, not happening. Not even going to talk about it because there's no way. But, you know, that's another organization that's being ran extremely well right now. The Clippers. If I'm Kevin Durant, like, going to the Clippers would be awesome, okay? Their owner is extremely invested in their success. They have good players. He's kind of, he'd be able to be the Superman too, right? To come in and be the hero, right? Because let's be honest, the Clippers have underachieved since they went and got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. You bring in Kevin Durant, if he's the piece that pushes them over the top, I mean, he, he gets to be the hero in that scenario. New Orleans, very good GM, very good players. CJ McCollum, you know, the Pelicans will probably have to give up Brandon Ingram or Zion. So one of those guys is gone. But either way, like you're in a good organization with a good GM who's going to surround you with good players. Already mentioned CJ McCollum, who's more than capable of being a two. I, I think he'd be a great fit down there in New Orleans. Once again, he gets to be the hero. Denver, very talented, good GM. If you're Denver, you're probably having to send away, you know, Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr., but I would make that trade in a heartbeat for especially Jamal Murray coming off the ACL injury. For Kevin Durant, oh, yes, sign me up. Um, and once again, he gets to be the hero, right? Like, Denver hasn't had a lot of playoff success outside of the one Western Conference Finals appearance. I think that was 2019. So he, he gets to come in, be the missing piece that pushes them over the top, gets to play the hero in that scenario. Memphis, very talented, good GM. He can be the hero, a lot of young talent. Golly, him in Kevin Durant in Memphis would be awesome. He would kind of get to be the veteran leader, you know, that's been there before, and he's kind of able to help the young guys, right? You can spin that in a really positive light. If I'm Kevin Durant, Memphis is personally at the top of my list. Toronto, you know, there's kind of been rumors floating around yesterday about this possibility, good GM, good owner. They've won on a deal like this before with Kawhi Leonard, and once again, he can be the missing piece that puts them over the top. But the best spot for them, for him, hands down, is Miami, right? He can be the hero that pushes them over the top. They're talented. You know, Eric Spolstra is the second best coach in the NBA behind Nick Nurse. Extremely well ran by the godfather, Pat Riley. Miami is hands down the best spot for him. He's going to be around guys that play hard, defend at a high level, can knock down shots. And look, Miami, I, I, I would make the move for him. I mean, if Miami goes out and they get Kevin Durant, they are instantly the favorites. I, I don't know how you would really deny that, even if the Lakers were to go and get Kyrie Irving, I would still take Miami to beat them just because they're going to be deeper and better. And let me touch really quickly on the Joe Harris and Kyrie Irving rumors to L.A. for Taylor Horton Tucker and Russell Westbrook. There is no way, no way that the Brooklyn Nets are making that trade. Absolutely no way. Because what do the Nets want? They want really good players and picks. They want both. And the Lakers don't have any of that. <laughs> they don't. Okay, they've got two available first-round picks that they can trade, not till like 2027 and 2028. Um, I'm sorry, but paying Russell Westbrook $44 million this next year doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Taylor Horton Tucker, he's going to be a good role player, but that's really it. There's really no future that the Nets can see inside of that trade, right? So there's no way that the Nets are taking that. And let's say that they did. Okay, let's say that the Nets wanted to make the trade and they take the horrible Westbrook contract and they take... Taylor Horton Tucker, and they send Kyrie Irving and Joe Harris. 
one thing that that, tr- that that trade does not fix at all for the Lakers is they can't guard anybody. That was one of their problems this last year. They had zero great wing defenders. And if they make that trade, last time I checked, Joe Harris, average defender at best, Kyrie Irving, looked like a bad defender in the playoffs. The Celtics hunted him for four straight games. And you're sitting here trying to tell me that Kyrie Irving's going to solve all the Lakers' problems? The guy only played 25 games this last year? There's no way, right? And, you know, the, the sad thing is if the Nets made this trade, the odds in Vegas would go way up, right? For the Lakers, they'd probably be the favorite in Vegas, and that's fine. But I'm telling you right now, if, which it's highly, highly unlikely, if the Nets make this trade, do not, under any circumstances, bet on the Lakers. Even though I'm going to have Zach Gray on here, hopefully on Thursday, and he's going to tell you how great the Lakers would be if they got Kyrie Irving. I'm telling you right now, Kyrie Irving doesn't solve nearly anywhere close to all of the problems that the Los Angeles Lakers currently have. So with that being said, we're going to take a short break. We come back. College football playoff expansion. So much has happened. I cannot wait to talk about it. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with that. And we are back with more Shooting the Schmidt talking college football playoff or college football expansion, conference expansion. USC and UCLA are moving to the Big Ten, which will now have 16 teams. Huge get for the Big Ten. The two biggest money makers in California when it comes to college football heading that way. Big Ten expanding markets as well. They're now in California. This is a huge, huge get for them. And to make matters worse for the Pac-12, the Big 12 is coming to grab four teams away from them. Arizona, Colorado, Arizona State, and Utah are all meeting with the Big 12 this week. And I'll be honest, I'm fully expecting for them to move to the Big 12, which raises the question. Who moves next, and which teams or conferences dying to get? This is so interesting. The Pac-12 is going to be basically gone. They're going to be down to six teams. You know, obviously the biggest fish there is going to be Oregon. After that, Washington, you know, they are the third and fourth most money-generating teams in what remains of the Pac-12. So the big fish remaining, Oregon, Washington, and Notre Dame. Notre Dame is the eighth most valuable college football team in the country, according to Forbes. And with the very realistic possibility that these super conferences break away from the NCAA to form their own league, Notre Dame's going to be forced to join a conference. They should have been forced to join a conference a long time ago. But that doesn't matter. That's that's not what we're talking about. Because we're moving into the age of the super conferences, okay? Whether it's going to be four 16-team conferences or, you know, three 20-team conferences or however they end up doing it, It's going to be really interesting. It's going to force Notre Dame's hand to join a conference, and they play an ACC basketball schedule. Let's be honest, that doesn't mean anything. Okay, I think they're going to end up in either the Big Ten or the SEC. I'm going to lean more Big Ten, though, simply because they have rivalry opponents in that conference, and geographically, it just makes more sense. But USC and UCLA blew the geographical argument completely out of the water, joining the... The Big Ten, which I still just, I still can't believe that that happened. Um, But yeah, and you already know, like the ACC, SEC, Big 12, Big Ten, they're on the phone right now with Oregon, Washington, Notre Dame, just begging them to come on in, right? That, you know, the writing's on the wall, this is happening, whether they like it or not, yada, 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 all that kind of stuff. So Oregon, the second biggest of the three big fish. Oregon is the 14th most valuable college football team in the country, according to Forbes, I'll be honest, I have no clue what they're going to do. Uh, coach Lanning, their new head coach, he's extremely familiar with the SEC. I think that matters. 
Um, you know, that may kind of help pull them the SEC's way. And because of that, that's the main reason why I think they will end up in the SEC. The SEC also makes the most money, right? And as badly, as badly as we want this to be about football and about the matchups we're going to see and all that kind of stuff, it's just not about that. Okay, it's all about money. The SEC has nine of the 20 most valuable teams in the country. And when the chips settle, I do believe that they'll add Oregon to have 10 of the 20 most valuable teams in the country. I mean, the SEC is going to be an absolute moneymaker. I mean, at this point, like, let's just get rid of, of every other conference and let's just go Big Ten versus SEC. Might as well do it. But moving on to Washington, you know, if I had to guess, Washington, Washington State are probably going to be a package deal just kind of like I think Oregon and Oregon State are probably going to be a package deal. And, you know, I know that we're talking football, but Oregon State playing SC, putting them in the SEC from like a baseball perspective, oh my gosh, that would be absolutely insane. Anyway, that's beside the point. That's not really what we're talking about. We're not talking baseball right now. We're talking football because it's right around the corner. It's like two months away. But if I had to guess, Washington and Washington State are a package deal. They feel very Big 12 to me just because they don't really have the appeal of an SEC or a Big Ten team, right? So I think that they go to the lesser of the three conferences and move to the Big 12. Could they move to the ACC? I mean, sure, I guess. But the ACCs, they seem very content with everything that they have right now. But at the same time, all it takes, all it takes is for one team to move and all of a sudden you're scrambling, just like the Pac-12 is right now, right? You know, USC and UCLA are gone. Now the Pac-12 scrambling. And... It's only a matter of days before the Pac-12 turns to the Pac-6, then the Pac-12 turns to the Pac-4, and then the Pac-12 just ceases to exist. Can you even have a conference with four teams? I don't even know how that would work. I think that'd be... You definitely can't be, you know, one of the Power 5 conferences with only four teams, especially those four teams are Oregon State, Cal, Stanford, and whoever the fourth team is. I don't even know who the fourth team would be. But it won't be long before those teams dip, whether I would assume to another you know, Power 5 conference. Um, that's what I would assume. I mean, I guess they could join the Mountain West if geography really matters that much to them. But I find that highly unlikely. And, you know, after those three teams, unless the ACC falls apart, the other teams feel like a consolation prize. You know, like I said, Oregon State probably falls Oregon. Uh, I like the idea of Stanford going to the SEC just to give their mathletes some competition against Vanderbilt. Um, Cal feels irrelevant at this point, but... I'm guessing they follow USC and UCLA to the Big Ten, maybe just for you know ge- geographical purposes, I guess. But this conference realignment thing is crazy. I don't know what we're heading towards. I, I like the idea of four super conferences, each loaded with 16 teams apiece. But just with how content the ACC seems to be, I do think that they fall at some point. I don't know if that's going to be in the near future. I don't know if that's going to be 10 years from now. Don't really know what to expect from from them, kind of from that perspective. But if I'm the SEC, right, I'm on the phone right now with Oregon. I'm on the phone right now with Stanford. Because part of the conference expansion is these conferences want to get into different markets, right? They want to be in different states. Just because, you know, that's more people looking at their conference, right? So that's that's why, you know, getting California is a big deal for the Big Ten. So the SEC, they want to add states. You had Stanford, which is, I'm probably wrong on this, but it's probably the most attractive sports school in the, in like Northern California, right? So you kind of grab that whole region, right? Whereas the Big Ten has all of Southern California. Um, if I'm the SEC, I'm 
probably calling North Carolina, trying to kind of get into that area as well. The only problem with calling North Carolina is if you get North Carolina, you probably have to take Duke just because, you know, those two schools love basketball and they probably want to keep that rivalry intact. So I don't know if you really want Duke if you're the SEC. You could call Virginia. I think Virginia would be an interesting school to try and pull away from the ACC. You know, Florida State and Miami, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, wouldn't surprise me if the SEC called them, though, just because, you know, Florida is obviously one of the bigger football states. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening with conference realignment. I don't think it's done. I do think we see, you know, at least, you know, two more teams move, right? Like, let's, that's a really safe bet. It's probably at least four, right? I think all four of these teams from the Pac-12 that are meeting with the Big 12, I do think all of them are going to move. I think we see two more on top of them leave whatever conference they're in and move to another one. So that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Once again, conference realignment's crazy. Kevin Durant, go to Miami if you can. That's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back again on Thursday, hopefully with Zach Gray, to talk a little bit more college football expansion and NBA free agency. So that's going to do it here, and I will talk to you all again on Thursday.